0: return to Ephesians chapter 2. going to look at quite a bit of scripture today, but it's not big long passages, just really verses that speak into what I want to cover today. You know, I've been hearing this word in my spirit, it's been rising up out of my spirit. I can actually see it before me. I keep seeing it, it's the word seated. Seated. Okay, I, I think I spoke a while ago in a similar vein, but I might be coming at it from a different uh, viewpoint today. Ephesians chapter 2, and just verse 6 says this, and it's a familiar one to us, it says, well let's just read from verse 4, God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And I have to say this, that's where much of the church stops short. Salvation. You know, and and there are probably still churches today that all you ever hear is a salvation message and all the members have been saved for 50 years and stuff like that. But that's where the church has stopped. And of course, that's what Pentecost was all about and and the divine healing movement uh, at the turn of the last century To to show that the gospel isn't just about life insurance or eternal life insurance. There's more to it. Alex speaks a lot about this that the gospel is as much about healing and and is as pertinent to healing as it is about eternal salvation. And also other things, all the blessings of Abraham. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places in Christ. So. But, but so many people just stop. short. Oh I've been saved. But then it says. And raised us up together. And made us sit together. Or as other translations say. We're seated with him. Seated together with him. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to speak about. Today. About being seated with him. Okay. He's seated. He is sitting now at the right hand of God the Father. And if if you and I are carpet pacers, particularly in this day and age of all that's going on in the world, if you and I are walking up and down the carpet, oh, what are we going to do? Fretting, pacing up and down with worry, fretting about our lives, our jobs, our livelihoods, Um, our families, what if they get COVID, what if they die, all of that fretting. Brothers and sisters, that's fear. Mm -hmm. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So if we're living in fear, we're living in sin. But here's the cure for that. Stop pacing. Sit down. Sit down with him and in Hibben the places and get heaven's perspective because when you look around you and we've looked at Isaiah 60 our eyes shine, your light's come, the glory of Yahweh's risen on you. For behold, it says, the darkness. The Bible doesn't say there's no darkness. The Bible is, is not, we're not Pollyannas pretending that there's nothing bad or evil going on. It says to look at the darkness and gross darkness or great darkness upon the people. The nations are enshrouded and engulfed in darkness right now. And the Bible says, look at it. But then it says, but the but is where we live. The Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be visible upon you. Amen. Amen. So he's saying to us that we need to live in a place with him that not only are we conscious of the glory in the realm of eternity, but that, we, that if, if we're conscious enough of it, then that will begin to manifest. You know, manifestation is a very interesting one. I remember doing studies on this years ago, and it's still very exciting when I start thinking about it, because manifestation means that something becomes visible. That's what manifestation means. What it means is, is that something comes to a place where light can shine upon all the blessings of God are in the spiritual realm in the heavenly realms they're already there but our job here on earth is to manifest which means we pull out of the glory realm which is above the light speed can anybody tell me what the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second something like that but if you go beyond the speed of light, something becomes invisible. Now, I had that revelation when I was a boy. Walk, I remember where I was. I was walking across the road one day, and, I, and my spirit, and I, you know, my spirit it was, it spoke to me, and says, do you know that if something goes beyond the speed of light, it becomes invisible? And time is no more. Who said that? My spirit spoke Then come, just to, to find out later on, that's exactly what Einstein and all these guys are on about, is that in light is a spectrum, reality is a spectrum, and if you go above the speed of light, you can't see it. You and I can't see it. But you see, something's beyond the speed of light. It doesn't mean to say, because you can't see it, it doesn't exist. Because I'll tell you what's above the speed of light. The heavenly realm, the glory realm, the angels of God, the throne room of God, all the things that God has for us, I remember Robert Slairdon speaking about this. And you know, I had that same revelation. He went to heaven to see it. But I had the revelation of it. That he said he went to heaven and he saw vast warehouses in heaven. And he says, what's that for? And it must be an angel or something. Said to him, maybe it was the Lord, those are all the healings that people have not yet claimed. New eyes, new limbs, restored limbs. He says they're all there, they're all racked and stored and all that, with people's names on them. And he's no one going to they haven't been cleaned. We've got a new bathroom suite. We bought it, it's ours. We paid for it. But it's still in wholesale domestics warehouse, isn't it? Because we, ha- we hope, because it hasn't yet been cleaned, we haven't walked in and said, Give me money, it's ours but it's in the invisible realm. Amen? Until we go and get it, get it installed, and use it. And with that thought, we'll no go no further. Amen? But you see, you have unclaimed blessings. Yes. Yes. You have blessings that you've not received, but you haven't gone and paid the currency of heaven, which is faith. And that's what, all oh, good and well, we talk about our individual lives and, and talk about things, like individual healings or blessings, but brothers and sisters we're not gathered here today for that we have gathered here for national blessing and national outpouring and we need to exercise our faith not just for our own walk with god but for the nation and beyond that for the nations so that we can be vehicles vessels is a better word a more biblical one of fire and glory Bringing those blessings that exist to the nations. Jesus said, if you go before the Father who is in heaven and say to him, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you will release heaven's realities in the eternal invisible realm. You'll pull them down into this realm. And, you know, to manifest something means that light can shine upon it. And if light shines upon something, that means you can see it. You can see... This lectern, because the molecules in this lectern are moving slower than the speed of light. But if you somehow could speed them up, and scientists have been trying to do this stuff, if you somehow can, if you sped the the molecular molecular structure, should I say, of this lectern up, or of your body, or of your car, or, or any object, or any being faster than the speed of light you know what would happen it'd become invisible and you know we, we could talk and it's exciting to talk about physics there's some brilliant teaching out and all this um and how you know because it makes it's it, we sometimes think of the spiritual realm as some kind of kind of unknown almost a like castle of the friendly ghosts type thing you know oh we, we, we never know what god's going to do but We have scientific laws that govern the physical universe and you just step those things up into the spiritual realm and you realise that things that are in the glory realm, the spiritual realm, the eternal realm, those things exist. They're more real than things here. Now, I remember, and I'll just share the story. I remember my mother died. Talking about David's mum dying. I remember my mum died and I just, I got, I got a vision of that night, very clear. And the Lord was standing, and right next to him was my mother. And she had this beautiful gown on. And there wasn't any, oh, talk to your mammy, you know, was no, all, all that stuff. It was the Lord saying to me, your mum's with me. And I saw my mum standing in her gown, and she was the perfect age. Wasn't some year old, ravaged by uh, illness. She was probably about the thirty year old, perfect. And you know, she was. She, I don't even know that she saw me. I believe it was reality. It wasn't just a vision. The Lord was showing me her in heaven with him. Because in that realm, there's no aging. There's no moths, decay rust, all of that. There's no uh, decay or aging or death or illness or anything. You're, You're perfect state in that realm if that makes sense. Yeah? And that's why Jesus says to bank in heaven because there's no inflation there. There's nothing that erodes, decays or destroys. Destruction, all the destruction you'll ever know is in this realm here. Unless you go to that other place where it's just that's just the realm of destruction. But you, you know, you don't change in heaven. We're subject to change here, aren't we? Sometimes that change is good if you're going to die. It. Am I right? But you know, let's face it, if we all of us had our pictures, we brought in pictures from 10, 15, 20 years ago, we'd all probably weigh less and we'd certainly look a lot fresher. Amen? Because in the temporal realm, things are subject to change. But in that glory realm, that's why he says, you know, things get worse in this realm. Have things got worse over the last 18 months? That's why he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven. Because if you can pull heaven from the invisible realm into the visible realm, where the light can shine on. Amen? You know, and, and we all know. We've probably all experienced it. And we certainly know others that have experienced it. Where people whose bodies have been ravaged by sickness, disease or whatever. And they've received a healing touch. Which means they've received healing that was theirs in heaven. And it came into their body and manifested. In this physical realm. Even sometimes people getting born again. I've known cases where you lead somebody to the Lord. And they visibly change in front of you. Because something of eternity has come into the temporal being and changed them. Amen? But the change can work the other way. Somebody gets gets demonized, for example. They can, you know, and you look at all these pictures, you you see them all the time, of uh, addicts, drug addicts. And it's great to see the ones that, this was me three years ago. And I was actually looking at a couple of them this morning. Look at me now. And that's wonderful. But, you know, you could take a healthy, strapping young man just now, and if, he get, if the drugs get a hold of him and the demons get a hold of him, he could end up emaciated. Pox, you know, covered in lights, all that stuff. But, you know, in the heavenly realm, in the realm of glory, you're at your perfect best. And heaven never changes in the sense that it's always good. It's always glorious. That's why it's called the glory realm. Amen? And you and I are not meant to live from this realm where things are subject to change. We are meant to live from the glory realm. That's why even the newest, you're born again 10 seconds ago, Jesus immediately says, up here, sit here with me in heavenly realms. Learn to live from above. So often as Christians, we try to strive, struggle through. and, And you know, and I have to say this, I do like the hymn but we, we, we sing hymns that, oh, neither my God to thee, because it's all striving. It's all flesh. It's all, oh, if I could just get nearer. Oh, Lord, if I could just impress you some. Brothers and sisters, we're already seated. We're meant to live from there. We're meant to govern from there. So we're living in these dark times, and the Bible says, look at them. But then it says, here's a solution, the glory. just get get into the glory and get glory conscious rather than darkness conscious. If you're living in the glory, and that's not to say you're living in some kind of castle in the sky, Pollyanna existence. No, here's why. Because the glory is real. It's more real than this realm. Because things are not subject to change over there. That's what I've been trying to say. So these are not the days, brothers and sisters, of darkness, defeat and despair, even though it looks that way. Not for the king-priest company, that's what we're going to be looking at. Not for the Melchizedek order. Not for the Zion people of God. And every one of us here, that's who we are. You see, if you don't know who you really are, you can't live in this. And that's why so many people, for them, the Christian life is a life of struggle and strife and so on. And no one's saying that we don't have trials, but it's how we respond and our perspective. Where where are we viewing what's going on around about us from? Is it from is it from ground level, or is it from above? Are we looking down? Amen. And some you get some people that are actually looking up because oh, I'm in the bottom of the barrel and you know and I'm under the circumstances. Why do you say this? If you're under the circumstances, eternal realities trump earthly circumstances every time. Live from eternity, brothers and sisters. And here's why: because you're going to be spending your whole existence in it, so you may as well learn to do it now. These are the days of victory, glory, and faith. These are the days of kingdom manifestation and demonstration. These are the days we pull stuff out of heaven, bring it down to earth, plant the heavens, lay new foundations for earth, and say, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be, Mr. Gates. This is how it's going to be, Boris. Nicola, I've got breaking news for you. Your days of tyranny are over. Because the Zion people of God, the king priests of God, are making decrees and declarations based on God's word that will put an end Amen. to the tyranny that you seek to bring. These are the days, brothers and sisters, of eternal excellence become visible in the earth realm. We'll read Isaiah chapter 60 verse 15. Isaiah 60 is all about these times I believe. Yeah. But it's saying that the game changer the thing that the pivot that it all turns on is that the, the bible says you were forsaken and hated you were despised you were tossed aside to stage you can't open you can't sing wear those masks don't sing those hymns don't even go to church mm-hmm. but it says that god makes us an eternal excellence that word excellence means royal majesty the reality of who we are eternally dawns upon us and, and who we are eternally we then walk in that and it changes everything. So that Isaiah 6 of the wealth of the nations comes to us. They bring their sons from afar with their gold and their silver. with them. In other words, the, the abundance of the seas come towards us and then we see the harvest that we're longing for. Then we see the riches that we need to fund the kingdom Amen. and destroy systemic poverty. We've looked at that quite recently. Now, logistic to this, who you are eternally is the real you. Well, we're going to spend eternity with Jesus. We're going to be seated with him in heavenly realms. No, 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 no. That started. That program began the day you said, Lord, come into my heart. We put off to the future and here's why we put off to the future. Because of fear and unbelief. We're scared to walk in it. We're scared, oh, I'm scared to try that. Well, there's no trying. It's already a reality. If you believe God. So it's all about unbelief. We don't walk in it because, well, is that really true? Is that true what God's saying? That we can, we can make decrees and it changes things? Well let me tell you right now brothers and sisters if it's not true throw this away and go and live the life the wildest life you want to live because if God's word is not true and God's word is full of this that's what prayer is that's what the Lord's prayer is You know, the heart of the Lord's prayer is not begging God to do something, it's decreeing thy kingdom come your will be done that's not a request that's a release of God's purpose Amen. and I say to you today that Scotland needs believers, real believers people who believe God and his word to release his purpose upon the nation, we just sang it well, let's just read those words Amen, once more Lord, once more yes. I, I, didn't, I didn't sing that begging God, did you? No. I say, Lord let it happen as Alex said do it again I didn't hear begging in that voice and you know God you say oh that's rude God likes rudeness God likes cheeky Christians Amen He likes you to be uh, rude not irreverent but rude you know when children start in from school and they smell the dinner they don't get on their knees oh mum please Please mum, please can I have some dinner? What did he say? Where's mine? Where's mine? Am I right? He got, he got a bigger plate than me. That's cheeky. <laughs> but but mothers don't think it's cheeky. Why? Because it's their job. Amen. It's their role. And, you know, God's role is to answer prayer. Jesus taught us it. I it. But we don't, do we believe that? Do we believe it? Mm-hmm. Or, well, I know he said that. Once more, as in the days of your, on this dear land I spirit poor, set Scotland now on fire. Now, there's our prayer. But, you know, sometimes we need to stop using the word prayer because we need to understand, as I said, we're not beggars where kings are seated with him. Now, kings decree, but they never do it, as I said, they never do it pacing up and down. Imagine Solomon or King David. Oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, what are we going to do next? Oh, look what's happening. Oh, dear Lord. You say, that's a funny looking king. Amen? Because why? Because kings rule. Kings reign. Kings never get afraid. Or if they do, they hide it well. No king is ever crowned, nor does he sit on a throne, lest it be to exert his authority. You see, king is a role. King is a job. King is a function. It's all of those things but, you know, when, when, when you make somebody king, what's the first thing you do, or queen? We're not being gender specific here. What's the first thing that person does when they're crowned and anointed? Or, or let me do it more illustratively in my big throne here. Proceed. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, it's not an arrogance thing. Because if you're called to be a king, you're called to sit on a throne. And anciently in Bible times, and this is why the Bible speaks a lot about footstools and about the nations being Jesus' footstools, because they would make, they would deliberately make thrones back in those days. They would be elevated. They would be high up. And in fact, Solomon had steps to get up to his throne. But they would make them high, high enough that the monarchs, the kings would have to have a footstool because their feet would be dangling otherwise because they were so high. So all thrones back then had footstools. And so God tells us well Jesus, my son he's the champion by conquest he's earned this. but even before the incarnation he was seated there but when Jesus went up to heaven after being on earth he was no longer just there because he was the second person of the Godhead he was there because he had won by conquest. And the father says, "You know, I've got a footstool for you. A special one. It's called the nations. And guess who's going to make those nations your footstool. A comfy footstool for you Jesus the ecclesia, the people of God, the Zion of God, the king-priest company. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And those king-priests... In fact, let's just look at the scripture for this. Um, Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Now these, these are familiar passages to us. But we need to look at them through revelation revelation of knowledge, not just oh I know that verse this has to become a revelation to us that's why Paul said in Ephesians I'm praying that you guys get the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of me, the understanding that your eyes be enlightened, because these might be truths you were taught but they need to be truths that are revealed to you in the inner man because then they will become realities Revelation chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not of the Antichrist. Not of Satan is alive and well on planet Earth. All that junk. Oh, the devil's coming. You're all going to get the mark of the beast. You're all going to be rummaging in bins to eat. You'll need to come out at night and go around the back of Morrison's to get your dinner because you won't be able to get into the supermarket because they all ask for the mark of the beast. Rubbish. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who Jesus is. Eternally. Time we started looking at this book about the eternal realities that are within it. Because I'll tell you something that really gets my gets on my craw. This teaching that Jesus is coming back to be King or Lord. But look, right now he's in some kind of limbo. Just floating about. You know, bored up in heaven until... He's called to be king. No, he's king and lord now. Because if he he isn't, you and I have no authority. And if we have no authority, it's time to scarper and hide. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. Look at verse... uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to find the verse reference here for you. Verse... Five, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Now, we all know him as that. Is there anybody we would say, oh, Jesus isn't faithful? No. Is he the firstborn from the dead? Of course he is. Because if Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. So these are things we know about him. These are things we teach. These are things we've heard taught. These are things that we are completely conscious of. And that form the bedrock and foundation of our faith. But look what it says here. And the ruler over the kings of the earth. When did you last hear preaching that says, you know, that Jesus is Boris Johnson's ruler? That Jesus is Lord over uh, Joe Biden? Thank God somebody is. You know, he needs somebody to wake him up. And <clears throat> tell him what to say. But brothers and sisters, the key issue here is this is that if you are displeased with these people, with the Nicolas and the Borises and the Putins and the Bidens and all these characters, then you can go over their heads straight to their boss. You have access. You might not have Nicholas' mobile number, but you've got a direct line to heaven. And the one who rules over them lives in you. Time we started thinking like that. Amen? Because when you start to think of that, and it starts to become real, then when you make decrees, you start to see things happen. And then we're in a, a process here, I believe, a period of time where God is building these truths into us and, and there'll come a time when we just stand up and speak and boom, all these people will fall. Or some of them will fall boom, 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 boom with dominoes. I believe that. Oh no, the antichrist is coming. There's no point in praying Sit down and be quiet. Because this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, Amen. that he is Lord. Amen. Amen? And that he's the ruler over the kings of the earth. And then the next verse, watch this, just in case you say, well, that's good about Jesus, but we'll just sit back and watch. It says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins and his blood. Then the next verse says, and has made us kings and priests. To his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We're not taking the glory because we're kings and priests. We're giving it back to him. But brothers and sisters, us being kings and priests is his idea. And his purpose. And there comes a time when we need to stop being beggars. And being on our face before God. Because he he tells us, get up and sit and rule and reign. And take authority and take dominion. Because that's what I've called you to do. Seeking. Amen. Not pacing up and down, not lying on the floor begging and squalling and soaking the carpet with our tears. Kings don't do that. And you know, priests don't really do that either. I'm not saying there isn't a time for it. I'm not saying if the Holy Spirit leads you that way, because we are. Uh, a lot of what we do, we, we act things out prophetically. So if you want to go and repent for the sins of the nation as a king priest, that's it. But don't do it unless you're led to do it. Because you're supposed to be seated. Amen. And a lot of the stuff that we do, intercession, I'm going to say this, this is not the time for intercession, this is the time for making decrees. I believe that's leading to us in Arise Scotland. If there's a place for intercession, of course there is. That's the job of a priest. But it's how we intercede. If it's just begging God to do something and not understanding that this book teams with what God wants to do through us and through our lips until we get a revelation of that. See, So the revelation, the apocalypse. And we, we've actually changed the meaning of the word revelation because the Greek word is apocalypsis. We've changed that to <coughs> the end times, doom and gloom, the battle of Armageddon all that. We've changed the meaning of it. it doesn't mean that. Well, it's apocalyptical. No, well, that means it's revelatory because that's the meaning of the Greek. It means it's a revelation. What do you need revealed today? You need revealed today, who am I and what can I do to deal with all this that's going on about me? Because if you've got any other in your, just give me the lottery ticket, uh, winning numbers, Lord. You thou knowest am Not saying that wouldn't be a, good, a bad thing. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying that wouldn't be a bad. But you, know, you don't even need that. I I, 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 had a guy who came to my meetings. We were speaking in prosperity, and he received ten thousand pounds in his bank account and didn't even know where it came from. So you don't need to win the lottery. Just you. Amen. amen oh so and in revelation chapter 5 and 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 this is what I wanted to see now, now if you are something in eternity if you have an eternal identity or you know i wouldn't say destiny because if it's in eternity it's it's all the time it's forever in fact, it's outside of time, it's just an eternal truth. If you are something eternally, or in eternity, then you are that thing right now. Even if you're lowest ebb. You know, even if your body's ravaged with illness. You are still the heal. Amen? Amen. Even if the devil is, you feel like he's stomping on your head, you're still more than a conqueror. Because that's who you are eternally. All you have to do is speak what, what, what the eternal truth is, which is in his word, and the manifestation will come sooner or later. We often just give up. Because it's not happened. Didn't it happen at five o'clock? So, ah, well, all that uh, speak the word stuff. How does that work? But, you know, if you stand, as the Bible says, stand, having done all, stand. I won't be budged. I shall not, I shall not, I shall not be moved. You singing that we saw. Look what it says Revelation chapter 5, in verse 10 says, He's made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Does it look like we're reigning right now? No, it doesn't. Doesn't look like we're reigning, does it, folks? Let's be honest. We shall be a kingdom on the earth. Amen. Right now we're just meeting in in regroups, remnant groups. We know we're the remnant. We know God's called us. We know what we're supposed to do. But you know, God is building his kingdom. And he's building a nation in the earth that all the other nations will come to. He says, in the last days the mountain, which is another word for nation, of the Lord's house shall be established above all the other mountains and nations and kingdoms and powers and all the nations and all the people will go to it and say, let us go up to the house of Yahweh and see what he has to say. Because we've seen those people in the house of Yahweh. We've seen those folks in that Arise Scotland meeting. And we've seen them triumphant and more the conquerors. And we've seen them blessed. And we need that. And the Bible says things will come to that. Somebody had a vision of Trump and all these world leaders Come to our means. That's just maybe just, uh, it might not be a, a literal thing that will happen, but it's a symbolic thing of, you know, we've spoke about it before. We could be sitting here one day, the door chaps, and it's Nicola Sturgeon has sent her bodyguards up to chat, or driver, can Nicola come in? She needs the wisdom she knows you guys have. She's tried everything and failed spectacularly. And what would we say? Oh, be gone, you wretched woman. We wouldn't do that, would we? We'd say, have a seat. And it wouldn't be an arrogance thing. And that's why we're supposed to pray for leaders. Anyway, so we we shall reign on the earth. Now, just another couple of scriptures to show you this. Colossians uh, chapter 3. Let, let me just say this again, because we need to emphasize. This, this is the key to all this. Who... You and I are in Christ is more real than who we are in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But we get caught up with the flesh. Oh, I don't feel good today. Oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm down, I'm depressed. Can you pray for me? Nothing wrong with all that. But there has to come a place where we say, no, who I am in Christ is more real. You know, as Smith Wigerville used to say, I don't ask Smith how he feels. I tell Smith how he feels. Uh, That's Smith, the spirit man, talking to his soul and body. And you and I are spirit. You're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. But very often you just, you know, you allow your body to tell you how you feel. You know, um, anyway, I'm not going to go down that route too much because I've got so much to say. Christ-likeness is not you and I striving to attain to be like him by doing good deeds and helping old ladies over the road and, Giving to farm and, you know, reading 10 chapters a day. That doesn't make you Christ-like. It's not striving. It's allowing Christ in you, the hope of glory, to manifest himself through you. And let me just say right now, if you could peel it all back and see Christ in you right now, do you know what he wouldn't be doing with this? What are we going to do? He'd be seated. Wouldn't he? I've been waiting for you to let me run things through you, as you, with you, to you, but I need to run the show, not because of arrogance, but because he knows he has the answers, and he knows you don't in your flesh, amen? So, we need to let him to manifest himself through us. That means his kingly authority will work in you and I as we decree his purpose on the earth. It's not our words. It's not our ideas. It's not our plans. Uh, It's his. That purpose, as we know from his word, is the fall of Babylon and the establishment, the planting of his kingdom. Your decrees as a king priest in the Melchizedek order. They don't change reality. They don't create reality. They don't, you know. It's not like you're creating something. You don't have to. It's already there. His kingdom is already there. But your decrees manifest those realities, the eternal realities. Does that make sense? Yes. The kingdom of heaven is planted and established in earthly dimensions through the decrees and declarations of those who reign in life by Jesus Christ And that's you and I. Your role is to heavenize the earth by royal decrees made seated with Christ in heavenly places. But I'm going to say this to you. Unless you get this revelation of being seated, because you ain't going to do it striving. You ain't going to do it scared. You ain't going to do it, uh, you know, that desperate way. Oh, we're desperate for this. Because that's fear. What's the number one way you can show the devil you're not scared? Sit down. Be seated. Be calm. Be at rest. There remains a rest for the people of God. There's a phrase used in football, and I really like it. It's, it's when a player gets the ball and does, is so skillful with it that when his opponent tries to tackle him or, you know, stop him, the opponent is so bamboozled that they, they kind of fall down, fall down in the backside. Okay? And it's called sitting down. So, for example, if you're playing and your opponent, and you, you know, do a wee dribble or whatever, and he falls down, you, you say in football, "He, I've sat him down. I've sat him down and went on to score. Okay? In other words, you made a fool of him. But you use that phrase, you've sat him down. We are called today, brothers and sisters, to sit down the kingdom of darkness, to sit down wicked powers, to sit down human wicked powers. Tell them sit down, be quiet, be bound. That's the whole thing about binding and listen. Sit down, Satan. Sit down, darkness. Sitting down the darkness. But we're not going to do it running about like headless chickens. We're going to do it because we're seated in a higher throne it's all about thrones, remember that program Game of Thrones well the highest throne of all is God the Father in heaven, and at his right hand is Jesus, and you and I have seats there we have our thrones there and we don't do it arbitrarily, we don't do our own own, oh I've got a great idea Lord you know, move aside to that our, I've said this before our idea of getting God to move is being here on the earth and shouting and bawling. That God will hear us. Oh, God, do something. Amen. And we want God to speak to us. But you know, God doesn't have Jesus doesn't have to shout if you're seated right next to him. He just needs to lean over and say, say these words. Say that. Say that verse I quickened to you this morning in Psalms. You now declare it from the throne. You don't even have to shout. Because the minute you speak from that throne, all of heaven hears you. All of creation hears you. So it's not shouting. There'll be times the Lord leads us to shout. The shout of triumph. But brothers and sisters, we just need to speak. That's why it says, we'll get to that very quick. I want to just cover this very quickly. Um, Colossians chapter 3 says if you're raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God that is the most real place in the whole of the universe is at the right hand of God where Christ is, the throne room of God is the place it all happens the throne room of God is the most real place why? because that's where God the Father and God the, G, uh, God the Son are sit- seated and there's no more real place than the presence of God am I right? When we step into this place and we feel the presence, aren't we blessed? Why? Because it's more real than anything else. More real than the trials you face, more real than the circumstances that are, surround you. Set your mind on things above. In other words, be conscious of things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that's what we're asking God to do, to appear. We're asking God to show up, pour out of his spirit, be manifest in the midst, give us revival, awakening, all these words. they Don't you? adequately cover it but what it's saying is is that when his glory shows up you'll be with him in glory why because you already are the glory is just not seen it still exists though and it's eternal we could look at a few other things and I, I want to but we are of run out of time Just First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 you're a royal priesthood a holy nation to show forth the praises that word in Greek actually means to show forth the goodness or show forth the excellence of God. Mm -hmm. You're a royal priest, a king priest, not just because it makes you feel good, but to demonstrate and manifest how good, how wonderful, how excellent God is. Jesus is. Very quickly, let's just turn to, and I'm going to, uh, the last two scripture references I've got are Psalm 2 and Psalm 149. I don't have time really getting to Psalm 2, but the two should be read together, we have covered this before in different messages. But Psalm 2 says, why are things in a bad state in the nations? And the answer is, because the kings of the earth, the rulers, uh, and that's not always the same folks, by the way, because you've got the hidden hand going on, ruling the visible. The, the Boris isn't his own man. He has a master. If you look closely, you'll see the puppet strings. so the kings of the earth, the rulers and and, and the rulers are not always the visible kings you understand that but they've decided to rebel against God and throw off the cords of restraint now let me just say this to you oh wait till Jesus comes then we'll rule well the Bible tells us we're supposed to rule now because look at at Psalm 149 is where I I want this to go but you need to read this with Sam, because it speaks about those restraints. And it speaks about speaking to the leaders and saying, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you be in a heap of trouble. And that's our message. If Nicola Sturgeon walks through that door right now, the message isn't, oh, Jesus loves you. Amen? It's bow the knee. Kiss the son. Because we're going to speak to you if you're in here as a private individual, you want to be saved, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. But if you're in here as the First Minister of Scotland, then, then we have a message from you, for you from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Kiss the Son, mm-hmm. lest he be angry and you perish in the way, you won't be First Minister much longer. Mm-hmm. And that's the message for Joe Biden yeah. and all these other guys And you say, but it's taking so long. Well, maybe it's taking so long because not enough believers are functioning in this, seated. Because there may be too many pacing up and down the carpet, wearing a hole in the carpet. I know what that's like. I lost a lot of weight once, didn't I? (laughs) Worrying about a situation. Mm -hmm. Speaking constantly, praying. But you know, all I had to do was sit down. Save my spell it was good to lose the weight, but could I start that another way? Psalm 149, and we'll read from verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory, let them sing aloud on their beds. Yeah. Now, are you a saint today? Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, this is telling you you can do this on your bed. You don't need to come to special meetings, uh, or you don't need to have, uh, you know, it's not just about, it's great to have them, we have this meeting every Saturday. And I love these meetings, but it's, it's telling us here, that it's, it's lifestyle. It's not just special occasions. You can do it in your bed. You can impact nations and change atmospheres over cities, countries, continents. In your bed, in your bedroom, sitting on the couch. I love, here's a clue you'll not do it if you're sitting watching EastEnders. Switch the TV off or throw it out and just start speaking the Word of God. Decree. it says let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand remember that old chorus um, the Lord has given the land of good things love that chorus right. a two-edged sword in their hand which is your Bible so you see, Lord I'm sitting here today I praise you, You're the high praises of God in my mouth, I'm decreeing and I've got my Bible to give me things to decree the two-edged sword new testament and old means two mouths. Yeah. so it's not just well god has spoken his word you sit back leave the bible watch east enders no you need to pick your bible up and say my mouth is the second mouth i'm adding an extra edge to what god says because he needs my mouth to speak it to make it reality mm-hmm. in the earth because it's already reality in eternity Jesus is Lord and there's no elections coming on. Amen. He's not standing down from office. He's not demitting office. But if you want to see his lordship manifest in Glasgow and Cumbernauld in Scotland and Bowness, yes. then you're going to have to do some speaking. Amen. A two-edged sword in their hand. What's the reason for this? Oh, just so we can have church and be blessed and have a nice time. No, there's a far deeper, greater purpose than that, folks. We're just about to finish. The purpose is here to execute vengeance on the nations. Why? Because the nations have stepped out of line. Oh boy, have they. And punishments on the peoples. The people are messing about. Oh, but that's not very Christian. Well, it's Bible, so it's Christian. Mm -hmm. But what should we love them? What would the Bible say when Babylon falls? Mm -hmm. Pray, Lord, render to her doubles. Rejoice over her. Mm -hmm. But you know, a lot of modern day Christians would be sending food parcels and aid and all that. But when Babylon falls, and this is what it's speaking about, you and I ought to be rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. Double up, double up. Not enough, Lord. To execute on them the written judgment. Sorry, I missed a bit. Punishments on the people. To bind their kings with chains. To bind the prime ministers, the presidents, the wicked ones with chains. And their nobles with fetters of iron. In other words, the things they try to throw off, the restraints of God's word, put them back on. You're not going to do that except in the place of prayer, in the place of decreeing in, the, in, in your prayer closet or in prayer meetings, yes. Mm-hmm. But it ought to be lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Making decrees is part of being a Christian, mm-hmm. especially in these days. Mm-hmm. To execute on them the written judgment, this honour have the fivefold ministry, this honour have pastors and leaders. This honour have men with white suits that have a television programme. Televangelists? No. All his saints. Every saint, the weakest saint. And In fact, I I believe God is so gracious. I believe this with all my heart. Right? That You know, when the men with the white suits and the great apostles and the mighty men, the mighty men, stand up in heaven and say, I'm making on, on earth and say, I'm making decrees over the nations. I believe God the Father, his heart is so tender that he says, hold on a wee second, there's a wee bedraggled saint in there that's making their first decrees, trying to make decrees. Hold that now. What have you got to say, son? What have you got to say, daughter? Because all his saints have this honour. And God loves it, I believe, when a man or a woman of God stands up, no matter how weak they are, how, you know, messed up they are, but they say, I'm going to obey my Father in heaven and speak and decree his purpose here in the United Kingdom, in Scotland, in Glasgow, or whatever. Amen. Because it's an all-saints ministry. It's not a five-fold, leaders-only conference, right? The conference God is saying here, every saint, this honour, this privilege of being a king-priest in the Melchizedek order, every saint has it. And if you're sitting there, I couldn't do that because I've, I've messed up. I don't feel strong. I don't know my Bible as well as other folks and all that. You hear all the time, don't let that be an excuse. Let that be a reason to say, I might not know as much as Pastor Bella. I might not know as much as Pastor Alec, but I'm just going to give it a shot. Amen? We want that, don't we? That's what we encourage, especially if you're leaders. You encourage people. To say, look, you step into this, and I tell you right now, I know this because I was schooled in this. I've got to bring this to a close. But I was, I was mentored by a a, a a mighty intercessor of God, who then became director of Intercessors for Britain, and it was in an Intercessors for Britain prayer meeting that I learnt all this stuff. Right? And I was just a young Christian, but you know, I wasn't told you're just a young Christian. So let us deal with all the heavy stuff. No, 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 no. And when you're pitched in, I'll tell you what happens. When you start this, you grow exponentially, spiritually. Because you come into that level and that zone of glory. And God says, come up here, I'll tell, tell you the stuff to speak. And you're conscious of being, in, and it, it, it's true, you're conscious of being above, looking down, making decrees, changing things. And that's how it's meant to be. That's how it's meant to function. Praise God. The truth is, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is reigning jointly with all of those who have understood they are his body. You are his body today. He's the head, but you're the body. Okay? Even if you're the the wee toe. If the head reigns, brothers and sisters, the body reigns jointly with the head. And he reigns today. And, And I'll just tell you this, you know, If you say Jesus is Lord, it's enough to regenerate you from a a child of Adam into a son of God. But if you start doing that over nations, what's going to happen? I believe you will sit down the darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and the people of darkness in those nations, and you will raise those nations up to be kingdom nations, sheep nations, blessed nations, And what did they say about Scotland? The land of the book, the people of the book. As Alex said, do it again Lord. Let it be so in our time. The Lord bless you folks.